Some of you guys are excited, but I can promise you this, you're not as excited as me. Every week I get to come up here and spend time with you guys and talk about the Lord and what He's doing. That makes me super excited. And today is no exception. Uh, how many of you guys have been, been enjoying the whole series at the movies? A couple, a couple, two. That's good. That's good. Three weeks we've been discovering some of the hidden qualities, some of the redeeming qualities in some of the movies that we love. And uh, to me, this whole series is built on the idea that cultural stories, things that we take for granted, that there are, there are heavenly and kingdom principles buried in there. We got to find them. Sometimes... When Jesus was preaching, he'd point at a river, he'd point at animals or a, or a farm, and he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a farmer, or the kingdom of heaven is like, and he would, he would make comparisons and illustrations. So this, this series is like that, where we, we kind of unpack spiritual principles that, that are kind of buried in some of the movies that we love today. We're talking about Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse. How many of you guys have seen this movie just by a show of, well, I can't see you, so you'll have to say, woo! <laughs> okay. Uh, so a couple of you guys have seen it, and again, I'm going to give you the same warning as every week. We are definitely going to spoil the story. I'm not going to show you the very end of the story, but if you've never seen it, I want to encourage you to go watch it this week. But this is one of those movies, I actually really enjoyed this this movie, this is one of those movies that my kids told me, Dad, you got to see this. this. is a really great, great movie. And I'm not, I don't go looking for animated movies to watch, but man, they, they were definitely right about this one. I loved it. And to me, uh, it actually goes a little bit further than your taste. So if you've seen any Spider-Man movie, you kind of think, well, I guess I've seen all the Spider-Man movies because they all kind of follow the same guy gets bitten by a spider, turns into Spider-Man, and then he has the same internal struggles and all this. But we see a really powerful story unfold, and to me, more than anything, this is a story of faith. And I hope that by the end of this message, by the end of our time today, that, you're, that you leave this room not just having seen a story, not just having uh, had your eyes open to some spiritual principles, but I hope that you leave with your, with your faith built and with your, with your courage and your confidence in God boosted ready to, to take a step, like ready to step out, ready to take a leap of faith to see what God will do in your life. Because some of us are ready for that leap. God, God's never going to push you. He just, he, he beckons us. He says, hey, follow me. Let's go. I, <laughs> whenever you're ready. And a lot of us just sit and we're so comfortable. And so that's really what this, this message is about. So we're going to start in Hebrews chapter 11. If you've never opened up your Bible and read through Hebrew, the book of Hebrews, but Hebrews chapter 11, I want to encourage you when you leave here today, go home and read it. It will, it will just blow your mind. But we're going to start with verse 1, and in a little bit we're going to jump a little bit deeper into it. But it says this. This is one of those verses that if you've been in church for any length of time, you probably heard this verse a thousand times. But I don't want, I don't want you to just breeze through it this time, okay? I don't even want us to go beyond like the fourth or fifth word. Let's just... Read the first part of it. Would you, read the, would you read it with me? Here we go. Ready? Let's go. Now faith is... One more time. Now faith is confidence. Like you don't even have to read any further than that. Faith is confidence. Like we need to find out what the confidence is in and what that confidence is about. But I'm telling you this. If you don't know what the dynamic of faith is, if you don't know what faith means, if you don't know how faith feels, it feels like confidence. Some of us walk through life with zero confidence. We don't have confidence in ourselves. We don't have confidence in God. 
but our confidence comes from God. Once you start to figure out who God is, y'all just got to bear with me because my voice, I believe I'm going to keep it. <laughs> it's going to stay with me, but it keeps threatening. So I'm going to have to back up just a little bit. I'm going to have to tone it down. Take a step back. <laughs> Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Like faith is knowing. Faith is believing. Faith is trusting that God is who he says he is. And that changes everything about how we live. Whenever you start feeling that confidence rise up in you, that's my, that's my before I even get to the message, before we even talk about Spider-Man, I want you to know that my hope for you this morning is that your confidence in God starts to rise up and it starts to overtake all the negative, all the doubt, all the insecurity, all the anxiety, all the worry and fear that you carry around with you. If that confidence in God would start to rise, if you'll let it start to rise up, it will overtake those other things. But you got to let it. Some of you guys got to give your permission. You got to give yourselves permission to have a little confidence in God. Would you just tell your neighbor, let's believe God. If your neighbor didn't say anything to you, you got to tell him a little bit louder. Let's believe God. Come on. So today is to build up our confidence. This, this particular movie, we're going to jump into our first uh, clip, but this movie is really more, if you've seen it, you know this, that it's more than just your typical Spider-Man movie. Uh, first off, there are multiple Spider-People, Spider-Men, Spider-Cartoons, Spider-Pigs. If you've seen it, you know there's a lot of things happening in here, and it really challenges reality, but <laughs> I don't want to get so much into that, because really it tells the story of one kid, Miles Morales, and he's bitten by a radioactive spider, and he starts to change. Things start to, as you, as you know how Spider-Man goes through change, he starts to stick to walls. He starts to figure out, hey, something happened here. And so he goes looking for the spider and finds himself, when he goes back into the subway, he starts looking for the spider, he finds himself in a really bad situation. Norman, listen to me. Spider-Man? I cannot let you open a portal to another dimension. Brooklyn is not zoned for that. It's not after me. Is that Green Goblin? Why won't you quit? Well, I guess I like Brooklyn not being sucked into a black hole. I think I'm gonna go. That island, maybe. Shoes are tied. Uh huh. This is a, a onesie, so I don't really have to worry about it. I thought I was the only one. You're like me. I don't want to be. I don't think you have a choice, kiddo. 
Got a lot going through your head, I'm sure. Yeah. You're gonna be fine. I can help you. If you, if you stick around, I can show you the ropes. Yeah. I just need to destroy this big machine real quick before the space-time continuum collapses. Don't move. See you in a bit. So that's really where we're thrown into the story. Miles Morales, not only bitten by a spider, but all of a sudden he meets Peter Parker, comes to find out later it's Peter Parker, who is Spider-Man fighting kind of the forces of evil that are trying to open up a portal or open up a black hole in the middle of uh, downtown and just crazy, crazy stuff, trying to turn back time and do all kinds of crazy stuff. But he gets called up really to the big leagues to be Spider-Man and you hear him sitting there talking to Spider-Man saying, I am not sure I want this. I don't think I want this. And he says, I'm not sure you have a choice. And I think for all of us, when it comes to faith and when it comes for, we talk about God's plan for us and that we're made with this purpose. And you certainly have a choice. You can choose to sit back. You can choose to sit it out. You can choose to live your life. But like we've talked about for the last few weeks, you were made for more. You were created to fulfill something in God's plan, that God made us with that purpose. And so when the purpose, we come face to face with it, we have a choice to either sit back in comfort or to step up and be who we were, we, who we were made to be. And so we have the choice of either play it safe, stay comfortable, stay with what we understand or what we know, or we can step out into the unknown, step out into what's uncomfortable for us, and we have this idea that, well, God wouldn't make me do anything I'm not comfortable with. And the truth is that God is, I feel like the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He gives us the choice or step out into faith and let God do something amazing. Comfort and progress do not mix. You can write that down. Comfort and progress do not mix. The place where God wants to take you requires that you step out, and faith requires that that confidence rises up, and you step out into something that might not, you might not be able to see all the pieces of it. You might not understand what you're even being asked to do. That's the case for Miles. Miles is like, whoa, what is this big green monster? What is this? This is the world ending. This is something bigger than I've ever experienced. And what God asks us to do is to be a part of something that's much bigger than us. And it might not be to step out onto the world stage, but it is to be a part of something, to be a, sometimes a small part of something really big because we're all part of the body of Christ. I think that's where we get confused a lot of times. We look at other churches and say, well, that's the church down the street. That's, that's another church. Listen, we're all connected as the body of Christ. If we're believers, if we're sons and daughters, of King Jesus, then that puts us all in the same family. We're all working for the same purpose, and he, he directs us where he wants us to be. You can write this down. Anything that is significant all, is also going to look scary. The things that God asks for us, the things that God built in you, a lot of times they're, they're, they take us getting our mind wrapped around them. <laughs> they're scary enough to make us say, bah, Oh, I don't know, God. I don't think so. Hebrews chapter 11, we read a little bit further than verse 1 into verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those 
who earnestly seek him. That means there, there comes a time in your life. If you don't know God, that's the first step. And sometimes that's the hardest step because I don't know, God. I don't, I don't know if you're actually there or not. Then you take this big step of faith, this big leap of faith that's like unknown, unseen, into the dark. But then you find out, wait a second, I put my foot out, felt like there might not be anything there, and then there was something there. And then you start to get to know who God is. I remember when I was about, I'm going to say I was about 20, 21 too, old enough to think I, I, I didn't have any weaknesses, <laughs> not old enough to figure out what life was really about. But I remember that I had gone with, our, with, with, with one of our groups to a, a, like a ropes course, and I was tied up and harnessed in, and I thought, man, that's, that's nothing. I, we, I can do that with my eyes closed. I got a harness on. I mean, I know that I'm not going to fall. I know that I'm not, I'm not in any real danger, but I had to climb up. There were a lot of different parts of it. One part, there was just this, it's like a telephone pole about this big around. And as it went up, it got a little bit smaller so that I had to climb straight up. I couldn't feel the harness on though. So about halfway up, I started realizing, man, this feels really scary. And I got to the top and I sat up there for like five minutes just trying to figure out how am I going to stand on top of this with just I know I can do this more than just, I know I'm not going to fall. I'm not going to hurt myself, but this seems impossible. And when I finally did stand up on top of it, I, I looked down and of course the pole was hidden by my feet. And so I'm like, feel the pole swaying around. I was more scared than I can ever remember being scared. And so they told me at that point, all you got to do is jump out and grab a little swing out there. It was only about six feet away, but it's just, just out of reach. I could not reach it. I had to jump. I had to like be all into the jump because if I just reached for it, I would fall, right? But that moment is a moment of faith. And it really describes what happens whenever we begin to pursue God's plan for us. He will always, and this is kind of like the bad thing about God. This is the part that we don't like about God because as much as he has for us, he requires that we step out by faith. Like the only way to please God is to, is to be completely, we'd love for God to say, hey, I'm going to walk you through it, baby steps. You never have to let go. You never have to feel like you're in any real danger. That's not what God does. God says, like he told Abraham, I want you to leave where you are. Leave the safety. Leave your, leave your parents. Leave everything that you know and go, I'm going to show you where we're going to go. I'm not going to tell you where we're going to go. I'm going to show you when we get there. That's what he does to us. But we like things secure and safe and known. And that's exactly where Spider-Man is sitting there watching all of this unfold and tell, Spider-Man telling him, look, I don't think you have a choice. I mean, I'll help you though. Although things begin to take a, a really bad turn. The situation's so bad, in fact, that not, not long after that, Spider-Man dies. Peter Parker gets killed just a few moments after that. And so Miles Morales, the young new Spider-Man, is really thrown into a world of like, what is going on? This is crazy. It's scary. And so he starts this fight for like significance. And I don't even know if I can, I don't know if I'm made for this. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know why I'm even here. And the world finds out that Spider-Man has died and who Spider-Man was. And somehow he has to find himself and he struggles with his new identity in the midst of it. interrupt this broadcast for a special report. Sad news tonight. The hero known as Spider-Man 
has died after injuries related to another powerful earthquake in Brooklyn. Multiple sources are confirming that Peter Parker, a 26-year-old grad student, I'm not scared operated of the dark. I'm not running, running, running. No, I'm not afraid of the fall. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. My husband, Peter Parker, was an ordinary person. He always said it could have been anyone behind. I'm going to miss him. Yeah, we were friends, you know. Can I return it if it doesn't fit? It always fits. Eventually. He didn't ask for his powers. But he chose to be Spider-Man. My favorite thing about Peter is that he made us each feel powerful. We all have powers of one kind or another. But in our own way, we are all Spider-Man. And we're all counting on you. They're counting on me. Probably not you specifically. I, I think it's a metaphor. <laughs> there comes a time in all of our lives where we realize we become aware of, we, we recognize that God is calling us or that God is reaching for us or that we, we have this moment of realization. For me, that was at 17 years old, and all I wanted was for somebody tell, to tell me. Like I felt like God was pulling on me. Every time I'd sit in a service, I felt like God was dealing with me. I felt, I felt like, does everybody else feel this way? Am I, am I hearing the same thing? I'd go talk to the pastor, and, and the things I was saying, literally, they weren't what he was saying. They were like what God was speaking to me, what God was dealing with me, and I just needed someone to say, yep, God's calling you. God's pulling on you, but that's not how it worked. And so as a young, as a young man, I struggled with what does calling mean? What is, what is this purpose? And I, I finally came, like it was this, moment of realization like like miles there they're counting on me like god is actually talking to me god's god is calling me and i i think that for all of us that looks different it feels different what we want to happen is someone like the pastor to come up to us and say hey kylan you know what god told me to tell you that he's working on you and that you're supposed to be a b c that's what we want. We want someone to be able to just lay it out for us. But God doesn't work that way. Like sometimes in my life, every time someone's walked up to me and told me something like that or, or, or said something like, you know, I've really been praying and I just feel like every time someone said that to me, it's always been like a confirmation of something that I already feel like God was, was dealing with me. Because God draws us. And so that's where... Spider-Man is, the new Spider-Man. That's where Miles is. I want you to know that God, just like he's been working on me my whole life, there's still moments where I feel like God is like, he has to like hit me over the head sometimes. He doesn't. He's just gentle, and he's, he's a, uh, a gentleman, but he, he wants me to take a step. 
And no matter where you're at in faith, whether you're at that first step, just sometimes still takes us because we're hard-headed. <laughs> it takes us that moment. Okay, God, I, it's time to take a step. And then, now, and then we take it. And then we get where he wants us to be. And he's patient with us. And he's always there waiting for us. He, he doesn't get tired and frustrated and throw his hands up and say, hey, what's up with these people? I've been telling the same thing every week for months, and they're just not listening. That's not how God does us. The God of the universe fashioned you, and he knows you, and he loves you, and he leads you. John 15, 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. God chooses us. We're here because God chose us. And so we, I think our, our response and our turn and our step is to say, okay, God, I'm going to follow you wherever you want me to go, however far it takes me, however many steps I have to go, no matter whether I understand it or not, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to trust God, and I'm going to take a stand. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says it this way, I walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. That doesn't say, hey, we walk whenever things feel comfortable or we walk because once we get all the puzzle pieces, then we can chart a path forward. We can make a plan and build a strategy. No, it says we walk by faith because God already has a plan and a strategy. How about that? That's, that, that's quite a concept. We think we need that concept. and that we, we need to know all the pieces before we'll take a step, but that's not how it works. It's not that we should walk by our feelings or we should walk by superstition or we should walk by uh, everything everybody else says. No, we should walk by faith. So here's a question. When's the last time you had to walk by faith? When's the last time you trusted God for something and not just, oh, well, we'll see how it goes. What will be, will be. So I'll ask you today, would you respond to the tug on your heart where God is leading, and that might look different for you than it does, certainly will look different for, for you than the person sitting next to you or the person behind you, around you, or me, or you, because we're all at different places in our walk. We're all at different places in our journey of faith, and that step that you need to take is maybe someone else has already taken it. Maybe someone, everyone around you hasn't taken it yet, but God knows what your next step is. Maybe your next step is to join Relate. Maybe your next step is to join a small group or to start a relationship with someone or to, to here, here's the way that works. God impresses on us like, hey, you should do this. And I could probably go around the room and say, hey, what's God impressing on you right now? And you would know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to ask people to raise their hands and I, I, I'm not going to guess what your thing is, but you know what it is. I know what it is. I know what mine is. I remember whenever God was working on me to start giving, it changed my life. I remember when God, terrifying deal for you. <laughs> it was the most significant moment of my life, the, the most significant step of my life. I remember the first time I ever spoke in public, it was a nightmare. It was a train wreck. It was, <laughs> you would, you would want to think that, hey, when you finally step out and do something God asks you to do, been asking you to do for a long time, it's going to go great. Just trust God. But that's not exactly how it works. It was, it was literally the worst. I felt like I was going to throw up in front of everybody. I felt like my knees were shaking. I felt like I couldn't get the words out of my mouth. And everybody told me, oh, you did all right. <laughs> 
you didn't do bad. You didn't do too bad. <laughs> I knew I had done really, really bad. But I also knew that I had done what God asked me to do. For some of you, it might have just been coming here today. For some of, it, for, for some of you, it may be the, the courage just to step out and do something that just walking in the building. I know that there are, there are sometimes you, you get where you're supposed to be, but uh, I've heard the story so many times of people driving up to church, sitting outside the theater, and couldn't get yourself to come inside the building that day. Maybe it's forgiving someone. Maybe it's calling someone. Reaching out and building a bridge to a relationship. So here's what I say. That we have to just make up our mind. I refuse to be stuck. I'm going to take a step. Like that's where that confidence starts building up and you're just like getting eager. Okay, I know I need to take a step. Here, just decide. I'm not going to stay stuck where I'm at. I'm going to take a step. I don't know how. I'm not confident enough yet, but I'm going to take a step. Some of you, that step might be to go ahead and close down your social media. Uh-oh. We'll move on from that real quick. <laughs> For some of you, you might be sitting in the service right now, and you might be thinking, there's that relationship I need to end, but I don't even know how. Just pull out your phone right now and say, send them a text and say, it's over. That's scary. So at this point in our story, the, the black hole machine opens up uh, gateways to other universes and starts blending universes, and we see uh, lots of crazy stuff start happening, and uh, Miles meets a Peter Parker from another universe, and other Spider-Man start coming into his universe. Things start getting really crazy while they're trying to stop the Kingpin from destroying the universe altogether, and Miles tries to step up to his call to be Spider-Man. It's a big good time to turn invisible. Yep. Okay, not gonna turn invisible. Selecting a bagel. Act super normal. Spider-Man? You know, that's funny. I get that a lot. Hey. Now we do a switchy switchy. What? Get back here. Where do you think you're going? Hey, took a bagel! Alright, time to swing, just like I told you. When did you teach me that? Of course I'm not ready. Oh! 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 I can't do this yet! Everybody knows that the best way to learn is under intense life-threatening pressure. Oh! Oh, come on, come on, come on. Uh-oh. Again. Okay. Swift and release. Swift, release. Swift, 
and release your natural flip. Release. Feel the rhythm. Good, Miles. I gotta say, you're amazing, man. We're a little team. Me as the teacher who could still do it. You as the student who can do it just not as good. I'm proud of us. Is there something you want to say to me? Come on, come on. Peter. so things don't turn out exactly the way that he had hoped for them to turn out, either of them. And it really just begins to blow up in their face and a lot of crazy, I, I can't even tell you the whole story. We're, we're following a, a, the major part of the story, but lots of stuff is happening and uh, craziness ensues. So go watch the movie, but not long after this point, after, after things just begin to go completely south, uh, the team of all of the assembled Spider-Mans finally just decide that Miles is just not, he, he, he hasn't trusted himself enough. He hasn't taken that leap of faith. He can't use the, he's too scared to use the webs. He, he's just not there yet. And they end up tying him up and leaving him while they go into the, to the final battle. And I think for, for a lot of us, life happens that way where we've, we've, felt like we've given everything and yet things didn't line up and what we find ourselves is in a world of hurt. We find ourselves in a world of what we would define maybe as failure. Some of you may be sitting here today looking at, well, God, I thought you were going to do things a certain way and yet everything seems to be in pieces. Everything is not working out how you had envisioned it. You have, things aren't working. Maybe it was relationships that you had with those important people in your life. And we can look at, survey our, our lives and say, this is not what I planned for. This is not, this can't be God's plan. I've had a lot of moments like that where I could have easily thrown in the towel and said, okay, this, this, <laughs> why would anyone sign up for this? Why would anyone sign up for this? And so we find ourselves in a position much like, uh, miles later on tied up in a chair where he could easily have said, you know what, I don't need this. I'm never going to put myself in that position again. But it's like they say when you fall off the horse, you got to keep getting back on because at some point you end up doing things get right. And sometimes failure is not the end of the process. Failure is not the opposite of success. Failure is just part of success. It's the part that we continue on until we get to success. Maybe it's a business closing or a marriage failing or a repossessed car or uh, a pregnancy that ended in tragedy or failing relationships, hopes and dreams dashed where, God, I put this in your hands. What are you doing? And the timing wasn't right. Or the pieces of the puzzle weren't right. Here's my, here's my challenge for you, my hope for you, though. If you'll continue to trust God, that failure doesn't have to be the end. You can walk right into success, but it takes time in getting to success. In fact, I don't believe that the, this world is always meant to have this grand climax in like we're always building towards success. Here's what I do know, though. Here's what I know is that no matter what I do, whether it's in success or in failure, if I'm walking with God and I know that he's next to me and I know that he's with me, I know that I will end in success. 
Because whether my time on this earth ends or not, one day I'm going to stand before God and he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Because as long as I know I'm in his plan, I know things are going to work out. I know things will work out for my family. I know that God is working for me and not against me. And your failure does not have to be final. Your setback does not have to be a life sentence. It doesn't have to be where you stay. You, you have, God gives us the power to stand back up and go again. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 9 says it this way. We're persecuted, but God does not leave us. We are hurt sometimes, but we are not destroyed. Even when we think everything has been spent and that's all I have to give, God gives us more to give. He is our strength. In fact, the, the, the scripture says it over and over this way, that our strength is our weakness. That I, when we are weak, I'm strong. Because of him. Failure is not the opposite of success. It is part of success. Them. Like we can sit in our lives and look around and, and, and weigh out all of our options, weigh out all of our chances, but what happens when we do that? We give, we give our enemies and we give the opposition more power than it should have. When doubt starts to rise, when we, allow, when we start feeding doubt, it becomes the powerful force and it overpowers our confidence in God. That's like the story I told of my kids standing on the side of the pool and me telling them, hey, just jump in and I'll catch you. I promise I'm right here. You're going to be fine. At some point as a little kid, they have to decide Am I confident in dad to catch me or am I looking at all this water thinking I'm in trouble? And so we find ourselves in that place in life of whether or not I can do this or not. At one point, Miles asks Peter Parker, how can I save the whole world? I can't think about, and then he says, you can't think about saving the whole world. You just have to think about saving one person at a time. And I think for us, that, that's where we are in faith. Like, God, how am I going to get my whole life back in order? How am I going to get all my relationships working right? How am I going to make everything the way it's supposed to be? And how am I going to get my ministry working? How am I going to do? And we're surveying everything, and it's so many steps. All we have to do is just take one step. Because God leads us just to take the one step. And then after we take that one step, then we can take the next step. But we don't want to take the first step until we have second, third, fourth, fifth, 50th step in order. Listen, if you'll just take one step, God will lead you everywhere you need to go. James chapter 1 verse 5 says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he'll give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Thomas said to Jesus, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. Like, I do believe, but I also have, I have something on the other side of that that's challenging my belief. Like, I'm confident in you, Jesus, but I also, I'm having some doubts. Sometimes we got to ask him, God, help me with my unbelief. Help me overcome. Help me have confidence in you. Can I just say that praying to ask God for confidence and asking God for faith is an action of faith? That's a great first step of faith. 
They asked the oldest man to ever climb Mount Everest, how did you take those 60,000 steps straight up? He said, I just took one step at a time. Like I just focused on the next step. That's where we are. That's where you are this morning. Some of you are sitting at base camp looking at the mountain saying, I can never, I cannot climb that mountain, God. And God's saying, just come on. All you got to worry about is the next step, that first step. And then once you've taken that first step, take another, he'll, it's very simple. But believe me, I know it's hard. So what is your next step? Finally, with my last clip, I want to show you Miles finally builds up the courage with the, with the rest of the team gone off to fight the, the kingpin. He, he finally regroups, gets his mind together and focuses and decides what's important to him. And we see him take a giant leap of faith. Here we go. Where did I go wrong? What's up, danger? What's up, danger? I see this, this spark in you. It's, it's amazing. Whatever you choose to do with it, you'll be great. Our family doesn't run from things. You're the best of all of us, man. You're on your way. Keep going. When do I know I'm Spider-Man? You won't. That's all it is, Miles. A leap of faith. Like, what's up, danger? Like, what's up, danger? Like, what's up, danger? Like, what's up, danger? Made of myself. They fit perfectly. That was one of the biggest moments in the movie where he starts to become who he's supposed to. So my, here's where we are today. Maybe today's your 
moment to take a leap of faith, to give God a try, to test God, just to see, to taste and see that he's good. There are those moments where they're pivotal, where you can either step back or you can just say, nope, not right now, I'm not ready. And God is faithful to wait, I'll tell you that. But your life will never be better than, where you, than when you are fulfilling what you were made to do. When you're becoming who he has made you to be. And so I can't tell you what that is, but I certainly would love to walk through it with you. I want to be there when it happens. I love that I get to be standing here today. I, one of my favorite things in this world is being able to see people take steps of faith and become who they're made to be. To explore God and discover what God has done. And so I'm going to give you a couple of practical points. How do I take that leap of faith? How do I build my confidence in who God made me to be so that I can take that leap of faith? Sometimes just getting ourselves primed for that leap of faith is a hard step. It's, a hard, it's the, the preparation for the leap of faith, if, if you will. So here we are. Number one, make sure you're on the right team. Make sure you got the right people around you. Make sure you got the right people speaking to you. Because who you listen to determines who you become. Who you, the, the things that you hear coming in your ears will definitely determine what you become. You want to build faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans chapter 10. When you're hearing things of God, when you're hearing the scripture, when you're hearing what God says, that's when that confidence starts to build up in you. You can say, hey, God says I'm supposed to be somebody. God says he'll be with me. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. That gives me a lot of confidence to step out. I'm not by myself. God made me a part of a body. I don't have to be isolated and lonely and be filled with anxiety. God has given me everything that I need to succeed. So whose team are you on? If you're not on a team, here's what I always say. I believe that you were made to be in a church. Because we are the church, the body of Christ. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're supposed to join Relate. Here's what I do think, though. If, you're not, if you are not a part of a body, a church, you got to get in one. I would love for it to be this one, but maybe it's not this one. But find one because you need a circle of people that you can trust who will have your back, who will be able to speak faith into your life, who will be able to speak life into your family. And when you're going through something tough, you don't have to go through it by yourself. You should have a team. Maybe that team is your small group. Maybe that team is the dream team. We've got teams all over this building that are learning to live together, do life together, learn to, to love what God's doing in their lives and encourage and challenge and build each other up. When, when it's a terribly hurtful thing, who's cheering you on? And finally, number two, your confidence comes from your creator. Like that faith, you're wondering where it comes. Am I supposed to just conjure up some faith? Am I just supposed to conjure up some, some confidence in God? No. God gives us all a measure of faith. He says that I, t I've given every one of you a measure of faith. Like some of that, but all you really need, to, he says the, the faith, the size of a mustard seed. You only need a little bit because we're not trying to take 60,000 steps. All we need to do is faith enough to take one step. Not too long ago, I, I'll close with this. I, I remember hearing a politician say there was a lot of scandal around it. And one, 
the politician said something like, I was born to be president. And there were so many challenges of like, wow, that's, that's such an entitled thing to say. But I think that confidence from God gives us that entitlement, right? It gives us that feeling like, I was born to do this. If you've never felt like I was born to fit somewhere, then you're missing out because God made you. You were born to fit somewhere. You were born to take that step. And I'm telling you, there's nothing, there's no better feeling on earth than whenever you're actually standing on the edge. I feel like Spider-Man even. That's so, that's so uh, encouraging because we have moments like that in our life where we're on the edge of leaping out and we feel like, I was made for this. That's why our dream team has the shirts. I was made for this because there are things in this life that you were made to do and you will never be fulfilled until you're doing that thing. Let's find it together. Let's take a step of faith. Don't sit back in the comfort zone and never see what it's like to be who you were made to be. I want you to pray with me this morning as we close. And let's just ask God, if, you don't, if you're in a place where you don't have faith, let's ask him to give us. Help me with my unbelief. If you're ready to take that step, then let's ask God to give you everything that you need to take that step. And some of you are ready to take that step today. Let's pray. Dear Lord, you are working on us. You're, you're leading us. Thank you that you are a gentleman. And that your Holy Spirit, you'll never push us. You'll never whip us into shape. You'll never shove us off into that big step. But God, you, you let us take that step in our own time. And for some that are here today, God, they're ready to take that step. And I just ask that you would take them by the hand and walk with them as they learn to walk by faith, even taking baby steps, God. Lord, we trust you. We put our faith in you. And we're going to walk with you the rest of our life. And maybe you're here today and you've never taken that first step and given your life to Christ. Forgive me. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Make me a new creation. If, if that's you, I'd like every person in this room, just bow your head right where you are. I won't ask you to come up or stand up. Or, but if you want to say that prayer with me and take that, that first step of faith with every eye closed and every head bowed, if that's you and you're saying, I want to be included in that prayer, would you just raise your hand up right where you are for the first step? I want to take that step of faith. If that's you, just raise your hand up. Wow. Wow, thank you. Let's say that prayer together. Would you repeat after me? Everybody in the room, would you repeat these words? God, I want to take a step today. I trust you with my life. I trust you with my family. I trust you with my feelings. I trust you with my heart, God. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and make me whole. And I'll walk with you as long as I'm on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give a hand for everybody who said that prayer for the first time. Wow. It takes a lot of confidence just to say that prayer. And I'm excited that you did. I'm going to invite the band to join me up back on stage. And we're going to sing a song to worship as we give. And the ushers are back in place. But here's what I want to say. If you took that step, if you took that first step of faith, I love that you took that step today. 
and I'd love to show you what step 